Welcome to Flip the Library, a Gwinnett County Public Library podcast. I'm Steve, manager of the Grayson Branch. And I'm Monor, a library associate at the Norcross Branch. Planting, tending, and cultivating a garden is a popular pastime in the Gwinnett County community. And the library has offered related programming for many years. Today, we'll be talking with a number of staff members who are offering these programs, including this year's Garden Fest. Can you all please introduce yourselves? My name is Sarah. I'm a library associate at Decula Branch. I've been here for seven years. I started as a volunteer at the Grayson Branch and thought, whoa, this is fun. So I'll apply and work for the library. And that's how I became an employee of GCPL. My name is Michelle. I work at the Grayson Branch. My position is library associate. I have been at the Decula branch and the Snellville branch before this. Hi, I'm Dawn, and I am at the Duluth branch. I'm an associate as well. And before I got the transfer to Duluth, I was at Lilburn for 17 years. And then before that, I was at Centerville, Five Forks, and Lilburn again. So I've kind of been around a few times. Hi, I'm Iris. I am the library associate at Duluth Branch. I started three years ago, one day before the pandemic started. My name is Ellen, and I'm an associate at the Snellville Library. I've been with the system about 10 years, started out as a volunteer a couple of years before that, and decided it was much more fun to work here than to volunteer. Why do you feel like gardening is a good topic for libraries, particularly Gwinnett Library, to offer programming on? Where do you start? There's so much you can use gardening for. You can use it as the basis of STEM programming, biology, botany, environmental issues, pollination, making people aware of bugs and pollinators and the crisis we're having with the depletion of bugs in the environment and the monarch population. And it's such a huge potential for programs that the library can offer. And it's, they're inclusive programs. A few years ago, I did a straw bale gardening program and I had children and seniors and all ages in between showing up going, we've never done straw baling before. This is really fun. So it's inclusive. It, and a great subject to offer by the library. I feel like that it has a wide appeal. So you're going to get toddlers all the way up to elderly that are interested in gardening. Toddlers being, you can have programs that show them what seeds are and how plants help our world. And then as your audience matures, you can go into how to make your soil right how to get your vegetables better or your flowers more beautiful, what is good for the area that you live in. And I just think that we have a good community platform to offer this information to a lot of different age groups. I think during COVID, a lot of people had a lot more time on their hands if they were staying at home. Like I personally worked on my garden a lot. And it was just cool seeing where your food came from and seeing things grow. I get excited. When my tulips just came in, being able to share that with our communities, it's very exciting. It's also a great opportunity to meet people with that like interest, people who've never started to experience gardeners and they can share their knowledge. It's kind of fun. 
particularly since the pandemic and the current economic situation, people are more and more interested in finding out about growing their own food. We have the Tower Gardens in the library and that can start a conversation. Programming that introduces ways people can support themselves or at least supplement their food budget with homegrown food appeals to a number of people. It gives opportunities for the community to get involved and get interactive with the hands-on experience programs. And our children these days, they are not really having those chances to get hands-on dirty and be with the nature. So I see a lot of children love to do that, surprisingly, (laughs) than just playing with the computer. So what types of gardening programs has the library offered in the past that you might remember? Well, I'm kind of new to the gardening programmer, but here at Duluth, if you've come to this branch, you know that it was built with the LEED certification, which means that we pretty much don't have an irrigation system, that everything gets watered by nature for the landscaping. So we have wildflowers around this branch that instigated thoughts on programming for harvesting the seeds, which we did probably two years ago. And then last year, I jumped on board with, we made seed bombs for all ages. And that was done around Earth Day. And that was made with like a paper mache paste. You use paper and you just put the seeds in there. And then once it dries, it dries hard and the kids can take them home and bury them and watch and see what happens. As y'all might know, we have had a beehive since we opened this branch two years ago. And we actually have had it swarm several times. And we've had our community partner, Angela, who works with bees. And we have had a program that she will come in and kids can watch when they swarm. It's just when there's a new queen being born and the old queen that will take off her group kind of leaves the, the hive and then the beekeeper comes out and will capture the swarm and take it off to another hive, which is awesome because then that leaves the new queen or there are several queens that get born at one time and it pretty much is the survival of the fittest. So which one ever queen is strongest will knock off the other would be queens, kind of like medieval times. <laughs> the bees were unintentionally poisoned by probably pesticides in the area. We have got a new hive now. Sunny from the Hamilton Mill branch, she is a beekeeper as well, and she donated her beehive to us, and it just got put in recently. We had a program that revolved around the bees and everyone got to all the kids. We had about 40 or 50 people come in that were very interested in our bees and the new hive was put in and the new bees have made our made home here at the Duluth branch again. So hopefully all the pesticides are gone and this group is going to make it. The new flowers should be coming in shortly in the next month or so. But we do supplement these bees with sugar water. We have a 
jar that is attached to the side of the hive. And depending on how thirsty they are, we keep it full with half and half, pretty much water and sugar. But that kind of goes hand in hand with our gardening because we like for kids to realize that it's all a cycle to keep our air good and our plants healthy that we do need our bees to. After about eight months that I joined the library, we moved to the new location. So we have beautiful building now and has lots of yard out there with the beautiful flowers. So I am more like animal person than plant person. But somehow looking at the beautiful garden at Toulouse, I thought about, hey, let me take a chance to have a, a year-round per season basis garden program. We moved to this location in May 2021 and starting with August when all the flowers were blooming, I started with the garden program for summer and the name of the program was How Does Your Garden Grow in Summer? So the main contents for that program, we introduced Dream Garden as a title and one of my co-workers who is the gardener, she's very, very into garden. And she and I partnered with a garden journal program and also to make a plant press where you save flowers and then you dry them out and then you make a scrapbook out of it. We had the landscape picture of the Duluth garden and we were showing kids how to make your own garden journal and then some way to save the flowers that we had in Duluth Garden for the very first year. So not only memorizing or remembering what those flowers' name were, but also they have some photos that we took from our garden, as well as the dried flowers or branch to show to everyone who comes here and visit us. That's going to stay in our display case <laughs> because that's like a first flowers from Duluth Garden. And we did that a year long like that. We're going to have another spring garden program coming in April where they can make the self-water planters. And then also we were showing them how to make a bug hotels and pine cone bird feeder. We also had a kitchen scrap gardening. Use the leftover stuff from kitchen and how to make the gardening out of it. So. That was a lot of stuff that we did for garden programs. So my gardening journey started probably at Dekula. They have a beautiful garden attached to their building, and I think it's being upkept by Sarah right now. And then when I moved to Snellville, there's a community garden attached not to the library, but to the park. So we were able to partner with them on programs. They gave us a tour of their garden. It was beautiful and they're very welcoming. So if you're ever over in Snellville and you see people gardening over there, I'm sure they would be interested in showing you what they do. I've done pet-friendly gardening, terrarium gardening at Snellville. I worked with Kristen and she actually was the mastermind of Garden Fest, which I will talk about probably a little later. It's kind of fun to reach out to our community members 
who are master gardeners to come in and speak on composting. Like Don said about the fun planters, just getting the kids involved in upcycling using recycled materials. The Grayson Branch now has a community garden attached to it. We are working with Harvest Gwinnett on it. They have about 10 to 15 gardens around the county, and we're really excited to work with them and do programs. They're a great organization, and they can come in and talk about what they do, and they're letting us help them with some of their plots. So very exciting. I know at Five Forks and here at Snellville, we have had Tim Daly come in and give talks from his perspective on different topics, whether it's use of organic versus regular fertilizer or planting tips or other ways that people can garden and at the same time answer questions for the audience. He is affiliated with the University of Georgia Extension Service here, and he has years and years of experience. He also has a column in the Gwinnett Daily Post about different types of subjects related to gardening. So he's quite in demand, and those have been very popular programs. Oh, we partnered with the UGA Extension Service with a seed exchange last year. January this year, we did a winter soup program where we made vegetable soup and we used herbs off the tower to flavor our soups. There's culinary programs, tea programs. I know different branches have offered programs for making tea from the herbs from the tower. We did the straw bale gardening where we grew our own pizza. So we grew, well, obviously you can't grow cheese, but we grew onions, we grew peppers, we grew tomatoes to show where pizza comes from. There's all sorts of things that you can do. World Wildlife Day, we talked about the monarch populations and how important it is that we as community members do something to help the monarch populations. So we planted butterfly weed seed and zinnia seeds so that we can have pockets of butterfly weed throughout Gwinnett County to hopefully encourage monarchs back to our communities. Can you tell listeners a little about your experience with the Tower Gardens? What are they? What do the libraries use them for? Gwinnett County Public Library was very excited to get a tower garden for each branch. So we have 15 tower gardens. These are hydroponic gardens. They have a three-foot footprint, and you can grow up to 28 plants in the tower. They are completely soil-free. They just have water and mineral salts, and they do spectacularly well. During the pandemic, we were not having actual programs in the library, so we were just growing food. And Decula was one of the branches that was generating lots of leafy greens to donate. I believe I did the math earlier today. We generated 250 gallons of vegetables between the year 2021 and 2022. And these vegetables were donated to a local food pantry. When we harvest, we share it with the Southeast Co-op, which is near us and also near the Grayson Branch. It's a fascinating thing for people to see. Children love it. They want to reach out and touch all the plants and see what happens, see if they get in trouble. <laughs> but it opens up an opportunity to converse about them. What are the good things about the Tower Garden? It's easy and, well, wow, maybe I should go out and buy one like that. And I said, well, 
but you can look at YouTube and you can find all kinds of options that you can do at home, just buying a little pump and a small tub. So it generates a lot of attention and it's another opportunity to reach the community and give them an idea of things they can do for themselves. People are attracted to them. Right now, ours is really prolific. We're doing programs. I do cooking with kids and we're trying to do more with what we grow. I know the other branches do that as well. I know some of the other people have done like a pickling program. I thought that was fun. We're growing dill right now. So that would be super easy. We harvested a lot of lettuce and also jalapenos. We still have a lot of jalapenos out there and we were giving out those to customers and they were so excited. Should I have a green one? Should I have a red one? Because we have two kinds and they're just so excited to have seen those products growing in our garden. And we've been giving out those in addition to the books. <laughs> Hot and spicy at the library. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like after hours type of program. It does. <laughs> For those of you who have been at Gwinnett Library for a few years, how have you seen gardening programming change over the years, particularly through the pandemic? I know Sarah mentioned growing with the Tower Gardens throughout the pandemic, but what other kinds of things have you seen as we've expanded this type of programming over the years? Well, I kind of inherited the, the garden when I came to this branch in 2016. There have been some marvelous work done by previous librarians looking after the garden. We're going back to pre-pandemic programming in arranging to have gardening programs or just using the garden as an attractive space to have outside programs. We stopped doing so many programs during COVID. In those years, we really didn't do very many programs. And as we mentioned, the tower garden was used primarily for growing vegetables that we could donate rather than programs themselves. Now that we're moving back to more in-person programming, we're using the tower gardens much more as programs rather than just a food source to donate. Well, before the pandemic, I was at the Lilburn branch and we did have an associate named Steve who was an enthusiast. He loved to garden and he took care of our tower garden with such loving care. We had the largest vegetables and salad ingredients growing on that thing. And he did use that in programming, or he would take it down to the food bank in the Lilburn Co-op. But as the pandemic came, like you said, Michelle, I remember taking my wagon and walking down to Randy's and filling it up with plants, because that's all we had to do for the first six weeks, and having lots of fun doing it. And I think that that would be when we got on board with our Zoom and YouTubes that we did back during the pandemic. I know I grilled a lot for GCPL, and that was my contribution. But I know that a lot of people did show us some neat tricks for everyone who all of a sudden got interested in gardening. Yeah, like you said, Don, I too went to like, when we could go into like Home Depot or Lowe's or any plant sale I could get 
my hands on. And I think it was just something to get away from. You know, we were all on our computers all day long. We were working from home. You could go outside. It was, unfortunately, it was a horrible time, but it was a beautiful spring and summer, I remember. It was almost therapeutic. I'd say gardening is therapeutic. There are studies. You can look them up. It's just a wonderful opportunity to connect with nature and just to see something from seed grow into something you can eat or that's beautiful. So I think it's really important. And then sharing that with our community. We're really encouraging people and to get out there and have fun to make mistakes and get messy, to quote Miss Frizzle. <laughs> well, I cannot compare because I came after a pandemic. But what I noticed was when we started first garden program here in 2021, they were still having the social distance and wearing masks. They don't want to put their hands in the land or any equipment that we provide. But these days, they really wanted to get on the first line to be more interactive with all kinds of garden programs that we provide. So I think that that's a very plus, plus even though we still are being cautious about COVID situation. What kind of gardening programs do you have coming up soon? I'm glad you asked. We have Grow Your Own Hairy Caterpillar in May, where we'll be filling old socks. We're reusing socks and we'll fill those with soil. And then we'll roll them in chia seeds and that will grow your own hairy caterpillar. We're collaborating again this year with the UGA Extension Office to do a seed swap in August. We'll be planting seeds this week with the teens at the Decula branch. And we'll also be doing a spring clean of the Decula pollinator garden. It's a bit tatty from the winter, so we're going to tidy up all the old dry sticks and compost those. Last year, GCPL applied for a grant with the Rosalind B. Carter Pollinate Butterfly Garden. And we were awarded the grant. So with that, we were able to buy pollinator attracting plants that could put in the garden. It's looking very wintry at the moment, but as the spring progresses and the summer progresses, we will have lots of different beautiful flowers to attract butterflies to the Decula garden. And we've just installed some brand new benches so people can take books outside and sit amongst the flowers and enjoy the garden. This year, we're doing the self-watering planters. So you can talk about recycling as well as your planting. And we're doing that during spring break. We're using water, the 16-ounce ones, because last year we used the two-liter Coca-Cola ones. And we had probably 50 people show up. And we were grabbing any kind of container we could possibly find towards the end because we were running out of all of the supplies. So this year we've got plenty and we're doing it on a much smaller scale so that everyone can take dirt home. And instead of doing seed bombs in conjunction with that, we're just going to let them paint their water bottle. And if you don't know what that is, it's actually you cut this water bottle in two and you use a cord, more like a rope, and you drill it through the water bottle top and it draws the water from the bottom up into the other half of the container. So it's pretty cool. Kids can watch the water go up and they don't have to water it every day, but they can also see how the water will deplete 
but that's our spring break program. We have coming up a plant swap on April 15th here at Snellville that we've advertised and it will give people an opportunity if they've got overgrown plants at home, they can come and swap them for something that they don't have in their yard or in their house. So the Grayson Branch is having a four-day garden fest. I believe this is our fourth year doing it. It started at the Snellville Branch. It's basically four days filled with programs for people of all ages, focusing on gardening, nature, wellness, health. Some of the people we're partnering with are UGA Extension Office and Gwinnett Extension Office. I believe Angie is coming to talk about bees. We have master gardeners coming to talk about flowers, flower gardening, vegetable gardening. We'll have a tower garden program. We have a yoga program. So it's going to be running for four days from April 10th through April 13th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Full of fun activities. We're having the Be Active Gwinnett bus coming and we just encourage people of all ages to get their hands dirty and garden. Let's wrap up with a big picture question. How do you think libraries make an impact on their community? Well, number one, we're able to assess the needs of the community based on the customers that are coming into the branch. We can tell, is this particular group really more interested in just using the computer or the printer? Or can we offer them something a little different? We have the opportunity to work with all ages, everybody from the littlest kids that like to be on the computers in the back to people in their 80s who need a little bit of help with their telephones or whatever. It's a safe place for them to come and ask questions because we are all here to offer information. I think we have a supportive environment where a lot of customers for different ages, they are very open to us and then more interact with us and feel very comfortable either talking to us or asking for the books or items or programs. So we are like a big picture in the community. We have a program for micro, but we also have a big macro program for the community. And that's where people are very comfortable to come to us and looking for more programs. We had one culture program, including our gardening or other program where we had 120 people involved. Didn't expect that to happen, but they are more into, they like to be partner with us. They like to be involved with us. So our programs or services and items, everything that we provide, I think the people do appreciate. And then I feel that too, as a part of a community. Oh, this is fun. I really like this question because we're such an important institution in our community. We are the last free space to go and sanctuary for our after school, for people that need just to take a break from being at home and working all day. It's just a wonderful place to be. I know it's not just about books anymore. It's our community center. It's a gathering place. I know Grayson is a big gathering place. We have homeschoolers, we have tutors, and we as librarians are trying to instill that this is a safe, welcoming place for our community. And we also make a big splash at our public schools and our 
private schools in, in our community. And this is just one little tidbit from Coleman Middle School. We had a panel a year ago, and this was a panel with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. They have group projects every quarter that address community needs, and they have to use their humanities, their science, their math, all of these combined to work out this problem, and they do it in groups. And the sixth grade problem was, maybe it was the seventh grade, one of those, was how to water the garden at the Duluth branch and keeping it in without breaking the lead rules. And we had so many kids that had not really come to the library, come down and check us out to make sure that their project was going to be when we had a lot of really good ideas. So, yes, we do have our fingers in the community, and I think that we see it unfold when we see them all come back in. So I think we're doing good. People are very social. It's said that people know roughly a hundred people. Maybe they even meet up to 10,000 people in their lives. People need connections with people. And we saw this particularly during the COVID restrictions where we were not allowed to have large groups mingling together. A lot of people were very scared during the pandemic. They avoided social interactions. And they were lonely and scared. And the library continued to provide programs, virtual programs. And our communities were so grateful to have that connection with each other. They were giddy on the Zoom programs that we did. It's just so lovely to speak to somebody to be able to converse. I think libraries are very, very important as a way for people to connect. Then look at the students from the middle school and the high school. They come and hang out at the library every day after school. This is wonderful. They're using the community space. The library provides resources for the seniors who are not familiar with using technology. It gets them up to date with how to be able to use technology so they can connect with their families or with people who live a long way away. My family live in England. I'm able to Zoom with them and keep in touch with them. So I think libraries are really important to connect everybody together. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate y'all taking the time to come talk to us about gardening programming. Yes, thank you. Take Thanks, care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Flip the Library provides an inside look at Gwinnett County Public Library and brings to light the many ways the library impacts and enriches its customers' lives. Thanks to all of today's guests for informing us about just some of the gardening programs available at the library. Go to gwinnettpl.org slash podcasts to learn more about the library's podcasts. To get new episodes of Flip the Library, follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review it in your podcast app. Keep up to date with the library on social media at Gwinnett Library. Thanks for listening. Connect, learn, and grow with your Gwinnett County Public Library.